Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. John chapter 19. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in a purple robe and went up to him again and again, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they slapped him in the face. Once more, Pilate came out and said to the Jews, Look, I am bringing him out to let you know that I find no basis for a charge against him. When Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, Here is the man. As soon as the chief priests and their officials saw him, they shouted, Crucify! Crucify! But Pilate answered, You take him and crucify him. As for me, I find no basis for a charge against him. The Jewish leaders insisted, We have a law, and according to that law, he must die, because he claimed to be the Son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid, and he went back inside the palace. Where do you come from? he asked Jesus, but Jesus gave him no answer. Do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said. Don't you realize I have the power either to free you or to crucify you? Jesus answered, You would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free. But the Jewish leaders kept shouting, If you let this man go, you're no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard this, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judge's seat at a place known as the Stone Pavement, which in Aramaic is Gabbatha. It was the day of preparation of the Passover, and it was about noon. Here's your king, Pilate said to the Jews. But they shouted, Take him away! Take him away! Crucify him! Shall I crucify your king? Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar, the chief priests answered. Finally, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, along with two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. The chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate, Do not write the King of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be the King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them, with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened so that the scripture might be fulfilled that said, They divided my clothes among them, 
and cast lots for my garment. So this is what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby her, he said, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his own home. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished and so the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there. So they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now it was the day of preparation, and the next day was to be a special Sabbath, because the Jewish leaders did not want the bodies left on the crosses during the Sabbath, they asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. The soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus, and then those of the other. But when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. The man who saw it has given testimony, and his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth, and he testifies so that you may believe. These things happened so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And as another scripture says, they will look on the one whom they have pierced. Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, because he feared the Jewish leaders. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices in linen strips. This was in accordance with Jewish burial customs. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. Because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. John almost seems to paint Pilate in a positive light, as Pilate over and over again declares Jesus to be without sin and to find no basis for charges against him. Now, John might have been trying to point out that Pilate was a somewhat sympathetic fellow in terms of uh, his opinions of Jesus were not as bad as those of the religious leaders of Jesus' day. But I think more importantly, John was trying to uh, let it be known clearly that Jesus was sinless, and that when he was examined by both the religious authorities and the civil authorities, nobody could find sin in the man. Nobody could find the basis for any charges against him. Now, this was necessary, friends, because Jesus was the Lamb of God. And to be a sacrificial lamb, according to the law of Moses, the lamb had to be without spot or blemish. It had to be without fault, without any defects. And on that basis, it was important that Jesus be examined carefully and be found to be with no defects. 
So in verse 4 we read, Once more Pilate came out and said to the Jews gathered there, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no basis for a charge against him. This is the second time he said these words. He said something similar in chapter 18. And then in verse 6, As soon as the chief priests and their officials saw him, they shouted, Crucify! Crucify! But Pilate once again answered, You take him and crucify him. As for me, I find no basis for a charge against him. And so here we have the testimony of Pilate written down in the Scriptures as a proof text saying that Jesus was not a sinner, he was not a lawbreaker, he was an innocent man. The Jewish leaders continued to insist that according to their law he must die because he claimed to be the Son of God. When they explained this to Pilate, Pilate was even more afraid of the situation. I believe Pilate was probably a superstitious man. I don't believe he was on the border of um, becoming a Christian, but he was somewhat superstitious and he was afraid, and he knew he was dealing with an innocent man. In verse 12, it says, from then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free. And so Pilate was motivated to set Jesus free, but he was not a man of strong character because as the Jewish leaders and others kept arguing with him and ramped up their arguments, he reneged. The Jewish leaders shouted, if you let this man go, you're no friend of Caesar, and anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. And so on that basis, Pilate decided he had to go ahead and deal with Jesus and have him crucified. And so Pilate declared um, the verdict that he was to be crucified. In verse 19, Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. And it was written in three different languages, Aramaic, Latin, and Greek, so that everyone who passed by would be able to read the words. Now, naturally, the chief priests and the leaders, the religious leaders, objected They went to Pilate and complained about him writing that Jesus was the king of the Jews. And Pilate responded, what I have written, I have written. And so Pilate is an interesting and complex figure, so close to the king of heaven and earth, so close to the Son of God, so close to declaring him to be the righteous one, the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world ready to acknowledge, perhaps, that he was the Son of God, but unwilling to stand up when the opposition seemed too hot and heavy. He was worried about his political position. Friends, we can't be like that. We must be more concerned about Jesus and his reputation and his opinion of us than what other people think about us. Jesus, in the same chapter, told John, the gospel writer, that his mother Mary was now to be his mother. And John took Mary into his own home from that time forward. It's interesting that Jesus loved John so much that he would have John take care of his own mother when Mary had other sons. But Jesus, as the older son, was passing the responsibility for Mary on to John, the disciple who he loved. Just finish this chapter. Jesus really died. They took Jesus' body and they wrapped it with spices and strips of linen and they buried him. Now, this was a real death. It was a real sacrificial death. There are those that say it was a near death. It's not true, friends. He was dead. He was dead and buried for three days. And in chapter 20, we'll get to the resurrection. But as we finish today, Lord, I just want to pray that we would not be like Pilate, having examined Jesus and found nothing but good things in him, be unwilling to stand up for him when called to stand. 
Lord, may we boldly stand and declare that Jesus is the Lamb of God, the Son of God, and our Lord and Savior. Lord, He is the King of the Jews. He's the King of the Gentiles. He's the King of all men. And Lord, we just pray that in our generation, we would be faithful witnesses to the Son of God. Lord, we ask You for great grace and favor that we would stand righteously before this generation and declare the truth of the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.